0: Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I'm your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mom to five, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories on how to run a biz and a home life, how to scale and grow, and how to manage parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it.
1: Hey, Felicia. Happy to have you here. So happy to be here. How are you doing? It's February 1st. I mean, I don't know when Uh, the audience is listening right now, but for us, it's like the start of a new month. I know. And I officially whipped out
0: my Valentine's mug.
1: Because it's the
0: month of love and I uh, have a mug for each month that I use pretty much.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah, and honestly, I I get my nails usually done this month. So they're pink right now, but I probably will get them done next week because I'm hosting a Galentine's here at my house. So I'm really excited about that, but I want to get red nails because I put the theme like red and pink for the Galentine's. So I think I'm going to do red nails for that.
0: Oh, see, uh, I'm doing a Galentine's too, but it's for my little Galentine's one-year-old birthday,
1: Oh, so we're doing a
0: Galentine's Day theme for that, and I'll need my nails undo. so hey. So cute. So anyways, I'm excited to chat with you because I've kind of been watching what you're doing, and you're so inspiring because you, it sounds like you've shifted your journey several times throughout your life, so Let's kind of start off by explaining, you know, kind of where you started. What's your story up until where you are today?
1: Absolutely. So let me see if I can kind of put this in a nutshell because I have had so many different pivots in my life. And so, um, yeah, when I first uh, started years ago, so I went to college studying law, and during my college years, you know, and I always been active. I always been sports I actually played softball at Arizona State, and. I remember during school, like I was really doing the things that other people wanted me to do. Like my mom, she wanted me to oh um, yeah, go to law school. She wanted me to like have this profession. Like I come from a Mexican background and I was the first to graduate in my family with any sort of degree. So my mom was really like bent on the fact that I, I had to be some sort of like, you know, something that, that was like, a top tier profession of some sort, right? And I remember like taking my LSAT for law school, being able to go to law school. And i just like, I don't feel like this is my purpose. This is not my passion. And so I felt that was my first real instance of doing something for someone else and not myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I did get my degree, I had my bachelor's in political science. But during that time in school, when I stopped playing softball, I remember um, I actually got certified in personal training. So okay. the reason I did that was it was allowed me to make, make my schedule and also train people. Um, and so I could like work my clients around my school schedule. It allowed me to still make money because I moved out at the age of 19. So I had to like fend for myself. I'd never, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, you know, i turned 40 last year. You know, when I moved out 19, I never went back. You, I sort of just figured it out. Mm-hmm. and I uh, got certified, started training people. And honestly, that is when my passion and my purpose sort of like came together. And there was just this like instant, okay, this, is, this feels good. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Didn't know, Tori, right. where it was going to take me. <laughs> I had no idea what the 10-year marker was going to look like. I just knew oh, right. that I loved doing that. And I, you know, kept pushing for. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do law. So I actually went back to school, got my master's in exercise science and um, opened up my first gym at 22. So oh I owned gyms from the age of 22 all the way to 35. And over the course of that time, I owned three gyms, selling my last gym in 2017 to basically just, again, another pivot because we uh-huh. talk about pivots. Uh-huh. And we're going to, and I want to dig deep and pivot because this has been really the theme for me these last couple of weeks with interviews, you know, because Mm -hmm. I do feel like whenever we have this, this inclination and it could be a strong nudge, it could be a, you know, like a really soft whisper, but -hmm. there's something that says, okay, let's maybe change paths and let's start following our heart. And that has literally been me the last 20 years of my life from competing to opening up gyms to building my brand and business and I've always just trusted my heart. Yes. And I do think in entrepreneurship, as you know, because you're an entrepreneur, there has to be a level of trust that comes in, in order for you to pursue the thing. Because sometimes you may not see the light Mm -mm. at the end of the tunnel. You may not know staircase 20, but you have to trust that each decision you're creating is getting you closer to where you want to be. And if, It's not getting you closer to where you want to be or if something doesn't work out for you, it's only a redirection on where you're meant to be. And so that has truly like I've really like, you know, I love uh, that taken on that sort of mindset.
0: Yes. And this season that my podcast is on is Seasons Through Change. Like Mm -hmm. we are all about, you know, when you get in, you don't realize how messy it is, but also that that is the normal and that is acceptable. And also like it's okay to shift directions which I think 20 years ago probably wasn't so accepted, right? right. Um, and I like that you say you just have to trust the process because you're right. It's almost like you're walking in fog. You just one step before the other without overthinking. Otherwise, you'll never get there. So it's just kind of trusting that the fog will remove itself in the right time, but just do what feels right as long yeah. as it's aligned with you. And yeah. it the journey's there, but the destination sometimes is a little foggy.
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, and I think for a lot of people, and this is where, you know, for a lot of women, especially because I work with a lot of women, sometimes it is hard to take that first step forward because for a lot of us, we do want to know, like, am I going to succeed at this thing? Is this going to work? Like I get on so many conversations with people who enter my world and they ask me like, oh, Felicia, do you think that, you know, I can make this work in the next three months? Like they want the validation. And I often (laughs) say like, you're asking the wrong person.
0: I'm yes. not the one you
1: should be asking. Actually, you should be looking inward and getting mm-hmm. radically honest with yourself, because uh, I believe that the human humans yeah. have an incredible, um, you know, this resiliency to be able to create anything that they want in their life if they want it and if they, if they stay the it. course. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 having this radical responsibility within yourself.
0: Yes. And I was just talking with someone earlier today on another podcast and we were we were chatting about, um, they asked me what the hardest thing about entrepreneurship is with growing a family and like doing all of it and kind of leading your own path. And I said, the hardest part is actually being as honest with yourself as possible to what you actually want and not what mm-hmm. someone should be doing or or what you should be doing based on the goals you thought you should have had. And I think it's, it's a practice to make sure that you're staying on track and in tune with yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I interviewed this woman on my podcast. Her name was Gina DeVee and she said something so amazing. Um, actually, yeah, I mean, I, did, I knew it, but I, I didn't know the stat. And she said 70% of women right now don't actually know what they want. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that and I said, you're so true. I, see, I feel like a lot of women have a hard time claiming their desires mm-hmm. or feel bad for wanting yeah. material things or tangible, like money. Um, and and I, uh, I'm here to tell you, if you're listening to this right now, like your desires <laughs> are your desires, no judgment. Like who am I to say like what you can, what you desire and what you can. Mm-hmm. And So like right now, if you're listening to this, like I want to give you permission to claim what you want this year and get really clear on what it is that you actually want. Because for a lot of people, I know for me, I had this realization this last year. Last year, I uh, invested in a lot of mentors, great mentors, great programs. Mm -hmm. And I was just so bent on, I got to make a million dollars. Like my my business, I want to hit seven figures. And I got so caught up in that outcome, that number, that actually it started to not feel fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I actually really thought about what does Felicia need? What does Felicia's Mm -hmm. family need to really be happy? It's not a million dollars. It's really, it's now a million dollars is, (laughs) will help you. It'll help you. It gives you choices, but it's not the thing that actually makes me happy. I I want a roof over my head. I want to feel safe. I want to be able to go to the grocery store and not go to the grocery store on a budget. Mm -hmm. I want to buy the $3.99 Suja juices. You know, I want to do those things. I want to be able to take my family. I want to be able to go on vacation. I want to be Mm -hmm. able to bless others with, you know, financial monetary help. And Mm -hmm. I can do that with a lot less than a million dollars. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes we have to get really clear. Are you wanting this million dollars? And again, I'm not saying that I'll never get there. I know that I will, but it's not the end all be all. It's not the, the thing that is keeping me going. And so, and if I had to be really honest with myself, I can live and prosper with a lot less because abundance isn't a number. Mm -hmm. Abundance is a feeling. I was just going to say that. A feeling. feeling. Yes. Yes.
0: So good. So good. So much you mentioned there that, you know, hit me right on because I've been having this feeling for so long, like, okay, you can't even, it it parallels with um, fitness, too, right? I mean, you can step on the scale. Everyone can step on the scale and be like, ah, I didn't lose that like 10 pounds. I didn't lose that 30 pounds in this amount of time. And it's like, yeah, but like you're getting healthier.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: saying no to wine every night. You're actually showing up every morning. Like, so really mm-hmm. it's in the everyday activity and the everyday journey that you have to enjoy. Like I know people that, and which is why I have the podcast. I know people that um, are millionaires, mm-hmm. but they're miserable and they're mm-hmm. lonely and they're working their butts off doing something that they don't even want to do. Yeah. And it's like, well, screw that. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I want a million dollars so I can give in abundance and so I can be present with my kids in other ways, but the million dollars isn't the it that's not the that's not the thing. That's it's not the thing. It's yeah. the tool, but it's it's not really that feeling. The being yeah. able to sit on the beach and relax and be with your kids cuz you're not stressed out about managing your business. That's the thing. Yeah. So if you Mm -hmm. need a million dollars to get there, to hire someone else to launch a new product, I mean, so be it. Yeah. And I love how how you mentioned the
1: journey. I love how you mentioned the journey because it really is. And if you can really enjoy the journey of your life, that is where the real growth happens. Mm -hmm. A lot of us want to get to the thing right away. Okay. So let's say, you know, you're on the, Football field. I know Super Bowl's coming up. I the football <laughs> field, and you want to get to the end zone. You want to score the touchdown. Whatever goal that is, the goal is the touchdown. But if you bypass all of the things that you are becoming while getting there, you're you know trying to get past the other players. You are learning how to navigate through life. You're growing. You're evolving you're actually missing out on the best part. And that is the growth and the tools and the experience that you're picking up along the way. Mm-hmm. And that is what's going to allow you to really excel. So when you yes. do hit your goal, you can actually maintain it, right? And this is a back to fitness because you use the fitness analogy. And I'm great with fitness analogies. because yes. I was a fitness <laughs> coach for so long. You know, so many people want the quick fix. Let me lose the, the 20 pounds. Give me a pill. Give me the, you know, all the things they want to get there. But the thing is, and this is why we struggle in America with the yo-yo dieting and the, the fluctuations of weight. Most people who lose weight will gain it back, that, especially people who've lost it quickly. And you actually didn't really pick up the tools mm-hmm. and the actual things you need in order to not only lose the weight, but keep it off.
0: And yeah. what you've
1: realized is what you've done is not sustainable. But in mm-hmm. actuality, if you've actually taken the time to lose the weight. Change your habits, change your identity along the way. It's going to take a lot longer than, you know, a 30 day no sugar diet, right? It's Uh going to take a lot longer to do that and who you become in the process. And that will lead to long term sustainable weight loss, not the Ozempic or the quick fix or the, and I don't know if you know about Ozempic, it's this diabetes drug that's like the big, you know, thing trend right now and celebrities are taking it. And I guess it causes you to lose weight very quickly. But I always tell people like shy away from those things because those are the things you're going to lose the weight. Yeah. But you don't know the consequence and the consequence is You're probably going to gain more weight than you initially had in the first place. Yes.
0: Yes. And that's so true. And the journey part is very important because if you're someone that absolutely hates going to the gym, Mm -hmm. Then you going to the gym for 30 days, if you haven't formed the habit of loving that, if that's not you, and instead you're the beach runner, you know, like you're going to stop doing it. So it's a combination of realizing, okay, I can, it's so hard because it's just like, okay, we're going to grind it out and you're going to, you know, keep your head down and put yourself to work. But if at the end of the day, I hate talking to people there's no way a podcast is going to work for me. Like, I just have to be realistic with that. You know, that's why I don't really blog too much, right? Because I'm not a writer. I'm a talker. I like to get to know people. But it's the same thing with, um, you know, business. If a certain practice isn't for you and you absolutely hate it, if you can't find a way to enjoy that, it is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. If you can't find a way to enjoy being healthy, you're not going to sustain it. You have to fix those habits or the mentality to be able to enjoy those baby steps. And Mm -hmm. that's not to say you're not going to have days where you cry, right? Like, you know, with your football analogy, my son's really into football right now, seven on seven, and he's doing ladder drills. He's, it's so fun to watch him, you know, when they first started, he's 10, right? So they're just getting competitive and just learning what it means to really work hard and sweat Mm -hmm. and embrace the suck. And I think that understanding like it actually feels good to work so hard because I know that I'm accomplishing something different and I'm changing and doing what other people aren't doing, you know, Mm -hmm. to get that touchdown. Otherwise, the touchdowns wouldn't be so special. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. (laughs) Yes. So let's dive into your story again. So you've had several pivots. So you had three gyms. At 20, and then, well, you started at 22, had three gyms. What was that like when, first of all, shifting from what your mother wanted you to do? Mm -hmm. And then what was it like once you decided, okay, now what? I have Mm -hmm. three gyms. Now what? Yeah. What was that shift like?
1: Ooh. That's such a great question. So I, I'm, I remember that day so vividly when I told my mom that I didn't want to be a lawyer. I okay. literally felt like I was letting down. It was such a heavy burden on me, but I also knew that this wasn't my path. And even though my mom couldn't quite see the picture in her head, she, she didn't understand it because I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't have anyone telling me like, oh, this is what you have to do to start up your own business. Like this, you should have a, you know, this business proposal and you should have this. Like I had none of that. I literally had to learn along the way. I often think too, my, um, like my naivete really got me through my 20s because I was not risk adverse. All I had was my idea on the bigger picture of like my gym and I'm very, I, I, I like to visualize things. I'm a daydreamer. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be mm-hmm. driving and just daydream and I can visualize the thing. Mm-hmm. And that was the gyms for me. And so had the gyms for 12 years over the course of that time, you know, systematically opened, had partnerships, had partnerships that failed. I've experienced it all in oh, business. Yeah. And in the 2017, I remember having this like shift in not my identity but in what I truly desired in my life you know i was mm-hmm. 35 my fiance now you know came back in my life he was my high school sweetheart we reconnected after 17 years and wow. what i saw for my life started to shift because my my businesses were literally my spouse i was married to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and i I look back now. I was not a great manager. I'm not. I wasn't very good at delegating. I was. I was very much like, oh, I can do it all, which I think led to my demise because I got. (laughs) You were a slave. I was a slave, (laughs) and I got burnt out. Uh So burnt out. And you know, I just, I didn't see myself doing that. And what was hard for me is my identity was really wrapped up in being a gym owner, and I also Mm -hmm. had a lot of ego. I had a lot of pride, like, and I was also a perpetual people pleaser. So I stayed on and, you know, consistently in the gym for almost a year, even though I knew it wasn't my path. Because number one, I was afraid of what people were going to think. Yeah. I was also like very ego, very like, oh, I can't sell this. Like, this is who I'm, this is what I'm known for. I own a gym, I'm a business owner. And so letting that go, it's like, who was I? And yeah. so I had a lot of deaths, ego deaths. uh you know, I had to like really let go of what are people gonna think. I had to really like step into no Felicia, who cares what people think, let them think okay. whatever they're gonna mm-hmm. assume whatever they're gonna think, whatever, do what's best for you. And that's when I made the decision and so, making that decision, I remember going through a six month period after being done with the gym of I actually just didn't do anything, if I'm being honest. That's, I will tell you, I didn't I appreciate even, the honesty. I didn't do, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start creating programs and I'm going to do stuff online. No. I spent six months literally on the couch watching Netflix. And I remember my fiance, or he, we're engaged now but at the time, it was just my boyfriend. And you know, he'd go to work and he'd call me the other day and he's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just working away. Like, I, I'd tell him that I'd be working, but I was really <laughs> watching Netflix. Uh-huh. I did not know- what I wanted to do. And I needed Ugh. that time to just, yes. okay, Felicia, what is it? that? And I didn't, you know, I wasn't there forever. Obviously six months is kind of a long time and doesn't mean I was like training people here and there, yeah. but I didn't really know like, what is it that I really wanted to create? And Ugh. so, yeah, I gave my t- myself that time.
0: And I think, thank you for sharing that because I think that people don't share that enough, that it's mm-hmm. okay to give yourself time to check back in with yourself and it's okay to I don't want to say quit but to make a decision before you actually know what's going to happen like you said Mm -hmm. in the fog like okay so you probably sold your gyms Mm -hmm. and then you were like I just know that's not it Mm -hmm. but I did that now I need time to process what's next yeah. And honestly Absolutely. 6 months is nothing in the grand scheme of of life, which I'm sure mm-hmm. you are aware, but in the business space, you know, with all the FOMO of like oh if you're not taking action today and you don't have any missed days, mm-hmm. it's it's that pressure of not allowing yourself to just get back in tune with yourself. But mm-hmm. I think it's so important.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: me, I've had so many babies, so I definitely stumble in those moments where I get time to truly be with my baby and reflect and it's like a forced break yeah but every time I'm in that space I you know you decide what you want to let go of and what you decide you want to reprioritize and reshift into and each Mm -hmm. time I have a kid it's like that so like you Mm -hmm. said that's like your marriage you just Mm -hmm. let go now Mm -hmm. you know now you had to restart so what did
1: that look like (laughs) A lot of things, you know, a lot of things you let go. Like you said, a marriage, uh, my identity, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is where I I get to really shift into when you are building a brand and you're building a brand. And again, if you're listening to this right now, you might be building a brand, um, you know, online. Maybe you want to host events. Maybe you have product. Maybe you're an Mm -hmm. online coach. You know, maybe you're a podcaster and you're really wanting to grow it. Like there's all of these things that you could really focus on. When you build a brand that's focused more on really building community and tribe, you are going to be able to sell anything. So I could, you know, leave the gyms. And if I wanted to come out with a brand of mugs, I could do that because I've built my following and they sort of followed me along the way. And I've always stayed true to my core values. So it wasn't until so you ask what was next, you know, I. I had that six-month reset, really sat with myself, got quiet, figured out what I wanted to do. I did spend probably a little bit of time in there sort of like stressed and, and crying and just kind of because a lot yeah. of those deaths I had to grieve. And as I moved into this new chapter, I started getting really clear on what it is that I wanted and I really based it around my core values. And if you're listening yes. to this right now, and I remember never doing that prior to doing, you know, selling the gyms and getting quiet. Mm-hmm. I think because I never really got quiet, I was always the what's next, what's next, <laughs> what's next, what can I achieve? I what's can next? relate. Yes. yes, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know. So I, I was like, oh, okay. What is it that I value in my life? And so, like, if I were to really break down my values you know, I really love community. Um, I love being around other like-minded women. I love building community. I really love, and that's what I, and if I were to really even dig deeper, that's what I loved about my gyms was Mm -hmm. the culture and the community aspect. Yes, Right. And so like I pulled that from what I had built for so long and I pulled that as a core value. Connection, which is why podcasting comes so natural to me. I get to connect with amazing women just like you. And like you, I don't love to write. So I was never a blogger. Don't love writing emails. I have an email copywriter that does all my stuff because literally, and I've learned to delegate. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) I don't love writing. Uh So, you know, I love speaking. So I love the connection. I love fun. So fun is a big core value of mine. And so when I go into anything and making sure that I have fun, Integrity, um, so connection, community, integrity, fun, oh, and time freedom. so having my time oh, freedom, yeah, I realized was a big must for me. I didn't want to be a slave to my schedule anymore, and that because I lived that for so long, mm-hmm. so that was something that was really important to me. And so when I actually started getting really clear on my core values, the things that I enjoy, it was natural for me to then create things that not only brought me income but that hit all of my core values. So then yes. I started creating online programs, group programs that allowed me to do the one-to-many model. And it's, I spent less time, I had more time freedom, but I was able to scale my income. I've you know hosted a mastermind these last three years with a retreat aspect to it. So you mean hundreds of thousands of dollars created mm-hmm. with this amazing mastermind but I had community, I had fun, I had connection, I had time freedom. Like, yes. but then I also made a great living doing it. And so, you know, the more that I created from that place connected to my core values, the, the easier it just became and it just started to flow. Yes.
0: Oh, thanks for hitting on that too. Um, I think that we live in a time where you can do that. You mm-hmm. can literally create whatever you want.
1: Mm-hmm. based
0: on your core values and just follow it
1: 100 mm-hmm. yeah and the biggest mistake I I made if I were to be honest is looking at what others were doing mm-hmm. and comparing myself and so like I remember when I did dabble in the online space in the very beginning before I hired my first mentor I remember looking at others and thinking oh I should probably create a program like that too most wellness coaches fitness coaches have a 12-week program and it starts with some sort of challenge. Maybe I do that too. And I didn't really ask myself, well, do I want to do this? Is it something that I enjoy? <laughs> like, is this something that I create that I want to create? And so I think a lot of people get stuck in the and look at what everyone else is doing. And what yeah. I want to, you know, tell your listeners, yes, look to others for inspiration. Look to others as a way to like, oh, that's proof. That's validation. Like they can do it. I can do it too. And this is possible. Creating this amazing income in the online space is possible. But what feels best for me? Oh, actually, online coaching does not light me up. Maybe I create a course that's hands-off that I don't really have to teach, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe I don't actually want to do anything online or virtual. I really love the in-person workshops and and events space. I want to create something there. So I think really ask yourself what it is that lights you up.
0: Yes. And I think that's so hard to do with the online space, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, if you're anything like me, squirrels are everywhere. Yes. And you're like, ooh, do I, you know, what's the strategy here? Do I just get the fast one? Do I get the one that's right in front of me? Do I yes. get the one that's easiest? Do I get the one that just gives me more now, but, you know, doesn't fulfill me? I mean, there's so many squirrels out there. And then also you have your own creativity to to mm-hmm. put on. So how would you say for someone who wants to create something or do something what would be the best thing that helped you to create your own thing and stay focused on your own thing as opposed to trying to do what everybody else is doing because i've done that too and it mm-hmm. just you do a lot of things and they don't get very far cuz yeah. cuz you're the second i don't enjoy like don't enjoy it and i'm not talking about the tough parts where you have those days i'm talking about where it's just like tedious, you don't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. And then you just don't follow through because you hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to prevent that. Yeah. So what tools would you suggest someone do if they're mm-hmm. kind of on that squirrely path?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I definitely struggle with the squirrely path for sure. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I firmly believe that you have to give your idea a chance for at least six months. So you first ask yourself, and I, you know, I don't know about you or where your audience is at, you know, I'm in the online coaching space and it's easy to kind of like create programs and then go on to another program because that one didn't sell like you thought it would. And I guarantee you, it's probably not the program. It's probably your marketing and messaging that's struggling. Mm -hmm. So having a set of eyes on it, like mentorship is super important. And I think having someone in your corner, that's a couple steps ahead of you that you can have this very subject, uh, you know, subjective being able to look at your stuff. But mm-hmm. I would say, you know, ask yourself, who is it at the end of the day that I want to help? And this can go across the board from product to event to your, yeah. your programs. Who is it that I actually enjoy speaking to? And more often than not, you probably have people in your world that ask you for advice on a certain thing, or maybe you've worked with clients before, mm-hmm. and but there's mm-hmm. one specific client that stands out that you're like, I love working with her. She was just amazing. Yeah. Well then take her give her her a name and an write down all of yeah. the things that she is struggling with the things that you really help her with the things that you're and you again you can do this also with product you know give mm-hmm. i'm sure nike has an avatar nike yep. has an avatar Avel, yeah. apple has mm-hmm. an avatar so think about your ideal client and i call these people because i know niche sometimes gets a bad rap the way that i like to look at it Instead of like using the word niche, I really think we really frame it in a way that it's our activated audience. Yeah. Meaning when I share something online, when it comes to the perspective of like my online programs or when I speak to coaches about getting out of their own way, there are going to be people who follow me. They get activated by it, meaning mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm going to stop the scroll and I'm going to keep reading. Yes. But then there are some people who are like, oh, that doesn't really apply to me and keep scrolling Mm -hmm. by, right? Yeah. So the person that actually is activated by it is your ideal client. It's It's like you evoke something in them that causes them to stop, that causes them to like, that causes them to comment, that causes them to send you a DM. That is your activated audience. So when you think about your activated audience, it's usually someone that when you really think about it, you have a set, a special set of skills uh, your zones of genius that you know you can help that person with based on your own experience and what you're really good at, and then hone into that. And when it comes to your business model, that's where we get to really have fun. You get to really think about what is it that I that really lights me up. Now, in the beginning, if you are a beginner, you're not going to get it right the first time. No, this is tri- <laughs> this is Ew. trial and error. You have to <laughs> take the messy action yeah. to actually see if you like it or not. Okay, so. Yep. Beginning, I will say, I'm not gonna, you know, judge you for being a little bit squirrely, but you have to just go in. You have to go in and do the thing. And then over time, it's going to like really expand. It's going to get some roots. It's going to kind of, you know, you're going to figure out what you really enjoy. But bottom line, you really have to figure out who that activated audience is for you and what you actually provide for them, what kind okay. of transformation you provide.
0: And that activated audience. Mm-hmm one activated audience at a time, would you say?
1: Yes. Because I think if you focus on too many people, you know, I'm not a Kim Kardashian. So, and most people probably, I don't know if listening to this, are not, don't have like 351 million followers on Instagram. So a Kim Kardashian can do all the things. If you're just starting out and you're starting to dabble in the online space, mm-hmm. focus on that one activated audience and that one thing, get laser focused. I I teach this all the time in my workshops. I you can literally create a six-figure business and that six-figure business what is $8,833 a month. You can create that or maybe 8,333 somewhere around there. Yeah. You can literally create that six-figure business selling one thing. One thing. Oh yeah. To oh, one yeah. person. No problem. Yep.
0: Yep. And I say like and then you can like scale from there. Like online is so huge. Yeah. The opportunity is there. So people who have, let's say your identity's lost, you are restructuring yourself, you've created your avatar of your activated audience, who you want to help. And then here comes the imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wait, I'm a gym owner. That's my identity. How do you shift into this new identity? Or do you just start being...
1: Oh, that's such a great question because I see so many struggle with this. And yeah, you literally I think there are, I think so many people, they step into this old version of themselves. And mm-hmm. I know even my girlfriends like I have a girlfriend. Uh, we just did an IG live earlier. And, you know, she's been using the verbiage like I'm an overthinker. And so I have a hard time posting online. And I, she's been using that same line for the past two years which I do believe has kept her in this place of not showing up online Mm -hmm. the way that she wants to, because she's sort of claimed this. And every time we talk, well, I I struggle with overthinking. Well, what if you just didn't say that anymore? What if you just (laughs) did, right? Just be. And, you know, it's nice that we have a mastermind group and we give each other these reflections. Uh And I said, you know what? You're not an overthinker anymore. You're a person that actually just is decisive and makes the decision. And so in order to, when you think about, you know, Mm -hmm. where you want to be, you think about your goal, think about, you know, this business you're building. When you think of the business that you want to build and you want it to be successful and you want people to enjoy it, you want people to engage with your content, who do you need to be today online when you show up on social media, completely detached from the outcome, completely detached from engagement, but just who is it that you need to be and start showing up as that person right now today? So yeah, it is. Exactly. Just like, being. Yeah. Just who are you being right in this moment? Yes.
0: Exactly. Well, and it's just like if you if you go into corporate America and you just quit one job and you get the next job, you don't already know what you're doing. You literally just show up mm-hmm. and you start learning new and you mm-hmm. just start acting and doing. And yeah. there's no time for imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. guess what? You're not
1: an imposter. You're just learning something new
0: and you're yeah. committed. and you stay committed Mm
1: -hmm. and this is all down to like your verbiage your perspective the words that you use you know Uh, like and it's you you'd be surprised like your words especially if they're limiting will not uh, will cause you to kind of stay in that space yeah right we'll stay in that space i'll give you an example i got a pedicure a while back i did this as a instagram post recently I remember sitting down getting a pedicure and I usually listen to like an audible or a podcast or something while mm-hmm. I'm getting the pedicure. I love it. I'm just like, oh, this is <laughs> my time. I listen to my audible <laughs> and I my headphones, my AirPods died. I'm like, oh, dang it. And so I'm sitting there in silence. Well, not in silence. I can hear everyone around me, but I picked up yeah. the conversation next to me. I wasn't like trying to eavesdrop, but I could hear what these women were saying and They were basically going on and on on basically how men are horrible and they're scum and they're just basically categorizing men in this way. And I, it really got me and very negative, you know, and I, again, I don't judge them. Maybe one of them went through a breakup and just feeling a a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I got back to my car and it just really got me thinking about the power of words and the power of perspective and law of attraction. And, you know, these women, unfortunately, have these conversations about men, view men this way, and basically kind of categorizing them in in one way. And it really got me thinking, the more that you talk about that, the more that you view those people, or maybe you view money, people who have money as greedy or bad, of course, you're probably going to attract bad men, or you're going to not attract any money. When you have those sorts of mindsets, it's very limiting, And so instead of really talking about the things that you don't want in your life, start calling in the things that you do, you know? So imagine if we were to flip that conversation for those women and instead of like, all men are scum, men are bad, talk about the things that you do desire in a man and the things that you do want and really focusing and calling in
0: that Mm -hmm. person or
1: calling in that abundance. And the more that we can do that, you'll also notice that your world will start to shift around you. That yes. Good people will actually start coming into your life, you know, that good men or good relationships and good opportunities and things will start to shift for you in your world. And I do believe it's oftentimes this perspective that we have towards certain things as well. And so, yeah. And so that's the power of words. Yeah.
0: And also surrounding yourself with people or words that are also keeping themselves. Using powerful words, right? Mm -hmm. Or like what you consume matters Mm -hmm. and who you're surrounded with matters.
1: Mm -hmm. Because
0: if you have people validating all these negative thoughts and making it so hard, you're always going to think that life is so hard. But if you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of, like you have your mastermind with a bunch of hardworking women that are working hard on new things, then you realize, oh, all this is normal.
1: Mm -hmm. We're all just
0: figuring this out and Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. what we need to do to change our path and it's just a it is total mindset shift yes absolutely absolutely so so important are you an entrepreneur looking to start your own business then you'll need to form an llc or a limited liability company but where do you start with zen business the process is simple and affordable Zen Business offers a variety of LLC formation packages to fit your needs, and their team of experts will guide you through the process every step of the way. Plus, they offer ongoing compliance and registered agent services to keep your business in good standing. Don't waste your time and money on complicated LLC formation. Choose Zen Business and take the first step towards realizing your business dreams. Visit my link in the show notes to get started today. Okay, so you're in the online space now. Mm-hmm. What would you say your biggest challenge is shifting to the online space versus your tangible community in
1: the gyms? That is a great question. I would say the number one, uh, so for a lot of people, especially if you, you know, have worked with people in person, maybe you have an, mm-hmm. an in-person like successful business, the online space is quite different. It's like when I'm working with people in person online, it's like I'm really relying on my five to eight mile radius, business to business, um, networking, all of those things in the online space, which is nice. You have so much, you have access to so many more people. Being seen is going to be a little bit tougher. So, you know, you got to do some things in your brand and business that are going to help you stand out. And that's why authenticity and video is one of the, most important things that you can do in your brand and business this year, doing more video, having more storytelling, so more authenticity, sharing a story, sharing a tidbit, sharing a thought, have thought-provoking, becoming an authority in what you're doing, having an opinion, taking a stand. That is going to help your brand and business more than ever because people don't necessarily buy what you do, they buy why you do it, right? Simon Sinek says that. So you have two wellness coaches Selling pretty much the same thing. Well, actually, no, if I were to even go a little bit deeper, and this is why, again, niching, having an activated yes. audience in the online space is mm-hmm. important. You have two coaches, two fitness coaches, one woman selling a 12 week transformation program, one woman selling a 12 week transformation program for women over 40 who have kids and can't seem to make the time to work out and get back to pre baby weight or something. I'm making it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More likely, how easy is it going to be for this woman who just has a 12-week transformation program to actually call in her tribe? It's going to be a little bit harder. You're going to be kind of lost in the shuffle of everyone online versus this woman over here who's calling out who she wants to work with, the busy mom who has kiddos and can't seem to make time for herself. The mom who's scrolling is going to stop the scroll, right? And she's like, oh, she's speaking to me. Like, I struggle with all of these things. So- now more and then imagine that mom now storytelling talking about her struggles talking about the things that she you know has overcome talking about her five favorite hacks on working out with toddlers you know hey her three favorite recipes 5 minutes or less that you can literally go on the go like imagine that woman now sharing all of that she has now allowed herself to stand out in the online space because she is solving a problem for one specific person. problems. And so that's going to allow you to really call in the people that you want to work with. So yeah, the online space, a little bit trickier. Digital marketing is a little bit trickier. It's definitely, you know, you can scale a lot faster in the Mm -hmm. digital marketing world, but there are things that you're going to have to get in place, refine your offer, refine your niche, your messaging and marketing, and then literally show up online talking about the thing.
0: Yes. And I love that you say it's a problem. You have to solve Mm -hmm. a problem. And even Mm -hmm. if it's like two very specific problems, you can attack those. And even myself, like I've been in that at that phase too where, you know, I have a real estate team, right? Mm -hmm. But then that Mm -hmm. identity of like, okay, yeah, I own a business, but what else, what else is there, right? Mm -hmm. What else am I doing? Who else am I helping? And shifting out of that, like, oh, I am a realtor too. Mm -hmm. Oh, I actually... Help these realtors, but really, these aren't just realtors. these are entrepreneurial women mm-hmm. who are trying to balance their lives and build the life that they actually want by design like mm-hmm. that is yeah. then I then that. you start getting out of like, okay, I'm not just helping you could probably relate, I'm not just helping fitness coaches now mm-hmm. I'm actually helping business owners that are service yeah. based or or that yeah. are you know it's bigger than that, so it's kind of that mindset of shifting out of just the. The tiniest of the tiny and like,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but still identifying that problem. Like, what yeah. is that problem? You know, yeah. I think so that's so true. Do you follow? Oh my gosh, I got to speak with her at a conference this last year, Amy Gregory. Yeah, I know who that is. Yes. So, Amy Gregory, we both spoke at the same conference together and I got a mm-hmm. chance to meet her and she's going to be on my podcast soon. And um, she also is a real estate agent. And yes. what you just said, you know, says it, it's so amazing because. Yes, like she is a real estate agent and she gives you tips on how to be, be a better real estate agent, but she also has tapped into women and what they're struggling with. And so she's really tapped into showing up on social media and sharing your message, but also moms and real estate agents and mm-hmm. that they don't have to sacrifice their time and not be with like the reason they're doing what they're doing is so they can be with their family more. And mm-hmm. so a lot of her marketing and messaging is around what you're saying. And Yeah. So- not just real, but there's, it's a bigger picture than that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: But it's interesting because it starts out somewhere and then you're like, oh, actually, this is a, this is a big problem that, Mm -hmm. and I, mine is very similar in that it's, you know, you hear this a lot where, you know, women specifically or parents, it doesn't have to be women, but like parents or women who are, have this struggle mentality of like, well, if I'm going to get money, If I want to live in abundance, it means I'm not that grateful for what I have now with my family at home, or that means I'm not present with my kids if I'm focusing on a business. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but the whole reason some of us are focused on the business is so we have our freedom for our kids. Like, yeah, I think that there's a disconnect there. So Mm -hmm. it is a big problem. And I do know who Amy is.
1: Yeah. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And it's so so fun to see the problem being solved, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So good. Yep. Yep. And you know that if you're struggling with it, that someone else probably is too.
1: Mm-hmm. So, oh, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. So, what are you working on now? Your- Ooh. So, this year, my intention is to do a lot of what I would call sticky type of experiences. And when I say stickiness, it's like really connecting deeper mm-hmm. with the women and the people that I work with. So I I don't really plan out my year. It's more of like quarters for me. But this first quarter is doing a lot of um, in-person experiences. Mm -hmm. I have two experiences that I created that are coming up. One that I'm going to be hosting in Austin and uh, doing live podcast recordings and then having guests there, probably upwards of 30 women and interviewing a guest live. That's so awesome. Yeah. So that's my experience this first three months. I have two scheduled now. Um, I'm going to be doing an in person workshop here at my house. I have another event with a girlfriend, with a couple of girlfriends that I'm doing at the end of April. So, really, these next three months is doing those in person experiences and then having fun with creating offers. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's kind of my plan. I have some three year, five year goals, but everything I'm doing now is sort of setting me up for those things. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. I love the in-person events. That's mm-hmm. a lot of what I'll be focusing on too. Mine is I'm, I'm going through this shift, but I love that you touch on the in-person because I think people are going to crave that. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, it's one of your values. So like understanding what actually like gets you going and committing to that. It sounds like you're, you're on that path and working in 90 days is great because you don't yeah. know how it will go. So I understand why you're like, I don't know, in three, five years, but yeah. I have a vision. I just don't know how it'll get
1: there necessarily, how it mm-hmm. transforms. Yes, absolutely. Ah, And who is your um, target audience now? My target audience, I would say, honestly, a lot of my, you know, I have a signature program that caters towards wellness fitness coaches, but I have other programs that really is for that female business entrepreneur who yes. is sort of not quite beginner, but not where she wants to be. So she's tested the water. She's put stuff out there, but she's not quite creating the income she desires. And it's usually because she's lacking a few things, probably some sort of signature offer, marketing and messaging is not aligned. She isn't really knowing who she's speaking to. So that's where I come in and we get to refine everything. My word for this year actually is refine and showing not only in my own business, refining my Mm -hmm. systems and processes, but showing others, business owners, how they could do the same to create this really efficient, profitable, sustainable, predictable income each month by refining their programs, refining their systems, refining the messaging to really, you know, excel. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
0: And what is it that you think your audience, um, you mentioned some things about them lacking stuff. I know I noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start out, specifically mom women, mm-hmm. they don't hire very quickly, or they don't think that they can hire. Or they they don't realize that people who are doing it have teams. Mm-hmm. Like they think that it's the one man show. And like you mentioned earlier, you know you di- you weren't good at delegating at first. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem that you see with some of the uh, women that you work with?
1: I do what i what I see a lot of with the women that I work with initially is honestly not really working on the needle movers, so you know I see a lot of women focused on their brand colors or their website or overthinking in what to post versus like really working on the needle movers and that is creating an offer that offers that creates a, an awesome transformation and gearing your social media so that it's aligns with the right people. So think about when we think about needle movers in your business, you don't have a business if you don't have revenue. So the needle movers are going to allow you. And this is what I would call, you know, so if you're listening right now and you're in the beginning stages and you're not quite ready to hire people into your world, which is okay. I didn't hire for the first couple of years in my online, I could do it as long as I had a plan and I knew what I was doing and Mm -hmm. I followed through with it. And I honestly didn't delegate until these last couple of years in my business. So focus on income-producing activities, okay? And Mm -hmm. if you could focus on income-producing activities each and every day, time block two hours every day for the income-producing activities. And so when we think of income-producing, we think of, you know, uh, creating content that connects with your ideal client. Income-producing is uh, holding discovery or consultation calls, sales calls. I like to call them discovery, Mm-hmm. Um, creating offers that you can then sell to generate revenue, making and creating a sales page, creating mm-hmm. a link, all the things that really gear you up to actually receive payment and connect yes. and sign clients up. He, and yeah. then the non-income producing activities, you know, are, are things that most people are probably doing now. And I, mm-hmm. I hate to be the bearer of bad news and call you out. <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening, yes. but you spend two hours scrolling on social media, you know, you saying they're researching, they're researching researching has yeah. hashtags or they're talking to others about what they want to do but they're not actually doing. They're signing up for courses, more courses, more courses or signing up for the mm-hmm. free masterclass but not actually implementing. They they think that they need more education or they need to be more qualified yes. but not actually doing the thing. So, you know, those are the non-income producing activities that unfortunately a lot of us get stuck there. And not in the actual implementation piece of running a business. Yes, so that's exactly. where I see a lot of people get stuck.
0: Mm-hmm. The implementation or the planning of the implementation, too, mm-hmm. like actually doing that part. Mm-hmm. I see that too, which is fun because that's kind of what I'm working on in these implementation boot camps, like the in person thing, but they're, you know, how you, like for me, I have to almost like take a break quarterly to Mm -hmm. like be by myself and Mm -hmm. like pound through all these like, you know, email sequences or things that me personally, I really need to like get in and then I can have like assistance help. But really Mm -hmm. it's like honing in on that creation of that.
1: Yeah. It takes like
0: sometimes a few days to Mm -hmm. like just be by yourself.
1: Yeah. And so that that was my December that mm -hmm. my December was really, I didn't launch anything. I didn't like take Mm -hmm. on a lot of new stuff. I still, you know, supported my current clientele, but I didn't really launch anything new because that for me was like, I knew that in 2023, I wanted to refine everything. So December was really like, you know, hiring the copywriter, putting together my email sequence because I had one, but it wasn't converting. Mm-hmm. And so like hired the copywriter, did those things, sat back, did behind the scenes stuff because I knew this year was really about refinement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: ah. Oh. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Huh, awesome. Well, I would keep you forever, but uh, we won't do that. Thanks so much for sharing. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. I hang out over on Instagram at Felicia Romero, also on TikTok. Um, but on Instagram, you can shoot me a DM. I have a lot of stuff in my link tree where you can connect with me or if you want, if you know, a program interests you, I do have a 10K accelerator program for wellness fitness coaches to basically give them a step-by-step to having their first six-figure year. And it's a great program. Uh, You get access to a branding coach as well. So yeah, you can connect with me there. Perfect. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks so much for sharing. And I can't wait to touch base and see how everything goes this year after everything's refined. Absolutely. Thank you. It's so great to hear Felicia talk about her brick-and-mortar businesses as a gym owner and how she struggled with becoming a leader and delegating, but also giving permission t- for herself to pivot into the next stage, whatever that may be, without fully understanding what is next. Allowing herself six months even to just sit back and get in tune with her values and figure out who her avatar is and what problems she's solving. That is all huge. And it's all a part of the messy game of business and life. So thanks again, Felicia. And I hope you guys all saw value in that and can learn to create the avatar for yourself and whatever that looks like for you. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Homefront Podcast, where happiness is our true profit. If you enjoyed today's chat, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This helps us to learn, grow, and reach more listeners. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your home front and biz. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.